welcome to the Cashflow Canucks podcast, where Canadian entrepreneurs and investors come to learn about wealth creation. Experts in their fields will join your host, Peter Lount, to share their successes, challenges, and discuss opportunities. Join me and my guest, Susan White Livermore, as we talk about finding success as a millionaire mom. Sue is a real estate investor and coaches people to find success the same way she did. We get into investing in yourself, focusing on things that matter, and having the right way of seeing things. Stay tuned and enjoy the podcast. All right. So with us, we have uh, Sue Livermore, the the millionaire mom. Thanks for joining today. And um, Cashflow Canucks. And um, right now is a pretty interesting time. Um, I thought, you know, maybe we just start with, you know, your journey, how you got to become the millionaire mom and, and kind of what you do today. Okay, so Millionaire Mom comes, my business is really real estate investing and coaching and teaching people how to do what I do. Um, I started 2006, so quite a few years ago, 14 years ago, bought into some student properties, had no idea what I was doing. It got really boring, started putting money in the stock market 2008, 2009, lost a ton of money. And then I went back and looked at those student properties and I said, well, said to myself, you know, I'm not getting any cash flow. I'm getting cash flow still. I'm still getting mortgage pay down. The properties aren't appreciating. But to me, there was finally some reason as to why real estate investing to me was better than the stock market, basically because I understood it a little bit better. So in 2009, I decided to go full force into investing in real estate. And really what I was trying to do is my husband and I, didn't have a really good pension and all I was trying to do was initially was to build our pension so that when he retired we had something to live off of um and then I just grew to love it and I grew to um want to teach more people and you know I I probably have done close to 100 transactions over maybe more in terms of the definitely more in terms of coaching other people to do it. Um, But I just loved it. And I just saw so much value in terms of long-term wealth um, and coaching other people on how to do it. And even in today's society, I mean, I'm grateful. I still have most of 90% or more of my customers are paying. Um, To me, it's one of the most solid investments you can have because at the end of the day it's a essential service yes um there are some that aren't paying but i truly believe that with the right mindset and working with those and those tenants that are struggling um everything will work itself out in the wash yes i expect i'll lose some money it's part of being in business if you go in thinking you're not going to lose anything uh, I think you're setting yourself up for failure, but um, if you, you know, I, I've always gone with the attitude, I'm going to learn a little bit, which means losing some money, and I'm going to grow a ton, which is, means making a ton of money. And that's the way it's always, it's always been a little down, a, li- a lot up, a little down, a lot up. Um, and I just out to teach as many people to build their own wealth as possible. Uh, and I still stand strong on, on the, route that I have decided to take in terms of real estate investing. 
when we did that, you, so your journey started in 2006. What were you doing before? What made you make that? Yeah. <laughs> I was working as a director of human resources for a natural food product um, a distributor. Uh, wasn't for me. Like, I, I, you know, we moved. We were living in Milton at the time. We moved to Barry. So I had this opportunity to try and figure out what I wanted to do and the pension. I wanted to fix the pension thing and then I was going to go figure out some other job. And I, I love entrepreneurship. I love, I've got three kids. So I loved the ability to set my own hours. Uh, I don't have to be at the properties. I hire out to do everything I don't like doing. My skill is finding deals and finding investors and putting the two together and then my bread and butter right now is is taking a single family house and building it into a legal guys duplex, renting it, refinancing, pull the money out, and off I go again. Uh, also known as a birth strategy. Um, that's that's sort of my uh, bread and butter. And I, I forget what I was talking about. Oh, it was just about, that but, journey of the transition, right? Like it's yeah. So you had that. You kind of had that, like in yeah, your I, had gut, I guess, right? Job. Yeah, and then. Uh, I grew to love entrepreneurship and building a business. And now I have a portfolio of 36, 37 properties. I don't know how many units because I've got multi multifamilies in there as well. Um, you know, it's a love. There's no question for me. It's a love. And not all my investors, is it a love? Um, but the, I feel like everybody can find something within it that they love. And like, and then just hire out for the rest of it. So for me, it's just I fell in love with it, and it was fun, and I could be at home with my kids, um, and just it was so even, relatively even easy. For yourself, you're you, you're talking about you know like you have a spectrum of people who are investing, and you know they may come like you built a kind of a system or a structure to it, right? But you're working within your unique ability in terms of the areas that you want to be focused on and then hire out other people to. Yes. So I, I stay primarily within Barry area because um, there's still tons of deals here. The ground, like the, I can still fill properties really easy. The appreciation is still going up well. Uh, and I know it like the back of my hand, whereas I have investors that have properties all over the place and the problem is that you've got to keep changing your hats to remember what each community the rules and regulations are within each community and you um where i am i've got economies of scale because i'm using the same property management and i use the same contractors and the same hvac and trades and all that sort of stuff but if, if you're kind of all over the place um you, you kind of have to become a jack of all trades for all the different locations. So that's why I stay where I am. And each time I do one, it's less energy that I have to put into it because I learn more and um, less to know, less to right. learn rather. Right. So you know, like, I guess a couple of things I took out of that riches are in the niches, right? Like focus on <laughs> what you know. And then also you're mm -hmm. spending your, energy on things that energize you right as opposed yes. to things that are yes. draining yes. right yeah yeah so I, I hire out for everything that i don't want to do on my own like anything cool. i don't enjoy and so mm -hmm. now we are 
I don't know how long we're are we thirty days into um five weeks, the, I think I read five weeks into the morning. whatever it is, the the uh state of uh lockdown um pandemic and all that. But um you know, I think you know, as I talk to more people and finding the entrepreneurial mind is really um you know, like I, I find these conversations really interesting because I think we were talking a little bit earlier in the preamble about this was, you know, like it's really finding that uh, the mindset to, to get through. It's like, you know, like there's a whole lot of people, probably a sloth of the large percentages of double digit people that are probably not working right now. Right. So, you know, like, I guess there's three things I've come up. I've heard commonly is like, are people surviving through this? How are they pivoting? I had this really, um, Diane, I talked to a couple of weeks ago where he's just completely changed you know, he was in the fashion industry doing, um, you know, digital sizing for clothes and all that. And now he's gone back and he's built out a, a team that he's, he's surrounded himself with where they're, they're embedding a, a polymer into material that'll kill the virus at touch, right? So it's something, it's like, so there's oh, the pivot okay. piece and then the next piece is thriving. So, you know, anything like what's your mindset uh, as you go through you know five weeks of this like and potentially double that right or or longer what's my mindset yeah i i always feel guilty saying that my world hasn't changed that much i have instinctually gone okay if the market drops maybe i want to get rid of my lower producing products i don't want to hold on to those so i immediately within the first week of it, I put uh, a few properties on the market and starting to get some interest on those. None of them have dropped in value yet, but if they do, I wanna make sure that I'm comfortable. So first I went into automatic protection mode, uh, making sure that I had extra money just in case I needed it. And then from there, it's like, okay, now I'm focused on where are the opportunities? Where can I learn? What, where can I make? great gains going forward. So um, educating myself on, I seriously think there's going to be some great opportunities in the stock market. And I have turned off of the stock market for, um, well, since I got burnt in 2008, 2009. And then I've had colleagues say, well, that's the way you're responding to that is because you didn't know. But if you are educated on it, then you'll have more confidence and you'll make better decisions. So I've gone out and I've hired a, a guru in stock market in the stock market that have been uh, training uh, or doing this for thirty years. So taking advantage of the downtime because uh, I do have a little bit more time because I'm not running the kids around. That's the only thing that's changed because I'm not right. running my kids around like I was before. So I do have more time, but that time I'm spending educating myself on where I can take action in this new in many ways amazing world because um we just dropped everything's kind of gone on sale and i i think you're going to see um uh, more opportunities to uh in my world i buy a lot of properties off market so i i and it for me it's a win-win because i get properties at a great deal and i get sellers out of properties that is just killing them and weighing them down so i see huge potential to coming in the you know six months from now if this goes on for too long the ability to 
help a lot of folks get out of their properties, possibly put them into a rental that they can afford to get back on their feet, and then help investors rebuild and build stronger for the future. So um, my mind is just on uh, how can I support, how can I help using the skills that I have today and educating myself to build new skills to take advantage of the opportunities that are um, on the horizon. Yeah, so I'm pre- based on you know things like 2008, 2009, other, other things that you mistakes you may have run into, you've learned from that. And so now you're prepared for this, right? Well, yeah. Um, I, one of the mistakes I made, I, let's go to 2014 when I have properties out in Alberta and um, the market dropped there and I kept telling myself, it'll come back, it'll come back, it'll come back, it'll come back. And each year when I kept saying to myself, it'll come back, it'll come back, each year I saw a decrease, a decrease, decrease. Um, so this time I'm saying to myself, no, 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 Susan, it's time to get out. It's time to preserve that. If nothing else, the mindset, I need to let go of the Calgary market. Like, yeah, I'm going to lose some money there. There's no question. But to me, what's more important is preserving my mindset. So it's, it's in the back of my mind bugging me. And yeah, I could hold out and wait 10 years to get that money out and, and not realize that um, loss for 10 years, but in the back of my mind, it, it's always going to take up space. So I'd rather just free that up, take the bit of a hit, not take the extra fall and move forward. So sometimes I'm making decisions that are not necessarily financial, but energy uh, mindset decisions, because I know that that'll free me up to, take advantage of the opportunities that are ahead of us right now. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say right now, your most precious asset is your energy uh, and your mindset, because now you've got time, which we didn't have before, which is a massive gift, a massive gift for people. And they're not taking advantage of this time. Um, You're never going to get time like this on silver platter. Uh, money can always be made. Money, money is there. It hasn't disappeared. There's lots of it. If you live in a world of abundance, um, belief of the world of abundance is there. It can always be made. But you have time. The only thing you have to protect now is that mindset, that the way you think. It's that lens, right, of how you're, you can take people, two people looking at the same thing can be polar opposite in terms of how they interpret it. And because everything is. Everything is there, you know, there's for everything that happens, there's a good and bad for everything that happens. Because yeah. right now, are we not seeing the environment improve somewhat? Right. Right. So that's a really good thing. Um, I was going to ask you so the properties out Western Canada, so Calgary, so in a way, you know, that's that's also. It's not known for you. You don't know when the market's going to go up there, all that. So in your mind, is the you know is that kind of debt equity that money's kind of sitting there where you know yeah. you can move your money, right? And talking about that's why I'm moving. I'm selling all those properties right now. Build something that will cash flow, and you can yeah, you know that yeah. will work, right? Yeah, I'm I'm and also I I don't know about travel going forward because I go out there every year to check on them and. 
I don't know what travel is going to be like. And I, I, they're too far away from me now. So I'm like, you know what? Let's move that equity, whatever I can get out of there. And I, so I put them on the market like right away. Um, and I'm starting to get interest, which is fantastic. And like, in fact, while we've been on the phone, I've seen my, my, uh, realtor send me a, um, a notice of some sort. Okay. But we'll, we'll make sure we won't stay too long then so you can oh, no, it's okay. up on the it's opportunity. Okay. <laughs> it's, it would, I wanted to, t- to talk a little bit about, um, if you want, like, it's interesting. I, in selling those properties, there are people that are trying to play the game the same way. And then there are people that are, uh-uh, this is, this is a different world means different set of rules. And so I interviewed two different realtors and the one was just like out to lunch in terms of trying to play it the same way. And now this new guy, it's costing me more to use him, but I'm seeing results already. So, um, I, it's fascinating. It's not about preserving my money. It's about making the moves that make sense and getting out as fast as possible. Whereas a lot of people I think are so focused on the money. Don't. If you focus on getting the right people involved in your, in your, whatever you're moving forward with, you'll go way further than worrying about losing every single dollar. And that second person is the one that has adapted to the environment, right? Uh, I think that's going to be ever changing. he's just, he was willing to play with me. I was like, I do not want to disturb my tenants. Like that is not happening in my world. So we, he got really creative and he, he just had a a ton of investor realtors to, um, to send opportunities out to. Whereas the other guy was like, no, 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 this has to be on the market with people available to, to walk in and see it within 24 hours. And I'm like, you know what? Our world has changed. You obviously haven't, but our world has changed. And this guy was willing to give me a huge discount on selling all five properties. But I, this guy, I ended up going with the more expensive guy because he understands that the world has changed and willing to adapt and do and being strategic about it. And I, I want to work with people that want to grow that way. So in, in, on the real estate side of things, how have things changed and what do you think will, is going to come out of this? Like I, for instance, I have a friend, she runs a uh, appraisal business and she's like, I'm shutting it down. I don't want to be liable for any of these appraisals. Um, yeah. Going forward. Uh, I, I think nobody knows. I think the answer to that is nobody knows. Um, what I would say is people are always going to have to have a place to live. So as long as your rent's covering um, your house, I think you are in a stronger position than most people. Um, and it should always been when you start to buy real estate, you should make sure your expenses are all, or your rents are always covering your, your expenses. Never get yourself in a situation where you're throwing money into it every every month that's just speculation that's working on appreciate on the the idea of appreciation and we can never guarantee that that's that's gambling um i yeah we i would say short term if this goes on for too long you're going to see some opportunities come up because people are going to get in trouble and they're going to want to get out as fast as they possibly can 
But we still have 100,000, as long as 100,000 people are still moving into Toronto every single year, you have a building effect out to the GTA and further out. At the end of the day, we still have the, the issue of supply and demand. I mean, sooner or later, it's going to balance itself out and, and the prices are going to come back because there's the demand for housing. Yes, during the crisis, it'll probably stall or stop, maybe go down a bit, but long term, Unless people are moving away from from these areas, the, these popular areas, I, I don't see how it could go down long term. Right. I, I I would say though, if you want, if you were one of those people that wanted like as much certainty as you possibly could get, the multi multifamily is probably your safest bet. So six units or greater um, of residential um, just because they don't fluctuate with the real estate market the way um, five and under will. Right. Okay. And um, so how do you, how are you finding your, how do you find clients? Is it through just word of mouth or? Word of mouth particularly. Um, I do a lot of podcasts. Um, I'm doing stuff on social media. Uh, I do a lot of talks. I'm really trying to get out and just my biggest goal right now is what I, I mean, I am teaching a, a course right now on the basics to take advantage of the market when it, when the time is right. Uh, but the first half of my course is all about mindset. I'm really trying to get people focused off of the negative, off of the bad energy, and onto this plethora of opportunities that sits in front of them. All they have to do is pivot their mindset to, okay, what can I do? What can I control? What can I have um, make a difference from it? And again, I, if you, it, it, you know, comes back to whatever you think repeatedly, becomes what you believe, which becomes what you can manifest. So if you think you can create a lot of money, you start to believe that you're going to manifest that. It's just the way, like you can't be thinking something repeatedly and not make it come to fruition because opportunity, you're going to start to see opportunities that meet what you've been thinking about over and over and over again. And if you take action on those opportunities, I seriously believe you're going to create generational wealth. How do you do I that though? Just, I, like, how I mean, do you change you your mindset? Have, I'm just thinking like, hey, it's just okay, I think of it. Do you have like goal, like a goal list? Do you have like a no. vision board or do you have like what kind uh, of yeah. things do you do to help you um, with that? Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I, I do three key things. First and foremost is you need to control your thinking. So that to me is you don't allow just anything. Like you treat the way you think the way we eat we don't allow like most of it like the the what you put into your body is how your body will function you, be, you become what you eat well i believe the same thing happens with what you allow into your brain and what you allow to download into your brain i control what i allow into my world and um, i i will really spend a lot of time avoiding people that are naysayers and and tell you that things can't happen and i'll looking to bring people into my world that can make and see the potential, see the opportunity because you become 
the average of the six people that you hang out with. And if you're hanging out with people that are making it happen over and over and over again, that becomes your norm. And that, that becomes who you become. So um, first and foremost is controlling what you allow into your brain. So if that means that for a lot of people, that's going to mean turning off the TV. It's going to mean sometimes not watching TV that is full of negative energy. It's going to mean watching what you read and bringing into your world the positive stuff. So first is control what you're thinking. The second thing is to slow the way you're thinking or when uh, I call it segment intending. I've stolen this from other people or borrowed it from other people. Everyone has. Everyone has. So, <laughs> um, so uh, what it is is, you know, when you're having a bad day or for a trigger for you. So somebody they like for me, if I'm getting a phone call from a property manager at a strange time, usually means that there's a problem. So I can set my mindset that okay, whatever he has to say. We're going to solve it before that I get off the phone with them. So I've immediately put a smile on my face. I change my voice, which as soon as they hear me on the phone, they're like, oh, positive energy. And it changes their energy. And we automatically go into solution mode. So more often than not, when I pick up the phone, the answer to to the problem is resolved before I get off the phone. Or I realized I haven't checked something out. And I said, hey, go find this out. And call me back when you figure it out. And by the time they call me back, it's resolved itself. But if I hadn't set the tone early, we would have been stuck in that negative energy. So it's all slowing means taking that second before you, with a trigger or when you're having a bad day, and sort of setting, sort of setting the intention of how you want that that experience to go. So rather than reacting. We're going to respond. So give us that, take that half a second to decide that this is going to be a good thing, not a, not a bad thing. So you've got control of your mind, slow your mind. And then the next thing is to um, direct your energy. So direct where you're, you want to go, because if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. Well, you, you can get there because you just don't have any direction. And that's where vision boards come into play. And that's where, uh, vision statement. So I, because I can't see my vision board all the time, I have a statement that kind of describes my vision board. I have it memorized. When I'm pumping gas, I'm saying it to myself. When I'm saying it, standing in line, I'm saying it to myself. And it, it's always starts with the words I am. Because the, to me, the words I am are the strongest words in the English language because it defines who you are. It, and the more you say it, the more you become it. The more you think it, the more you become it, the more you believe it. So um, those are my three things. I control what I allow into my brain. I slow what I'm thinking, and I direct what I'm thinking. And that's how I'm moving forward and keeping the mindset strong. In, in your, so your vision board, is it when you're building that, is that something you're thinking you know, a year out, five years out, ten years out? Is it, does it have a timeline to it, or is it, does it evolve over time too? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because every time you get close to one something on your vision board, then you 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 can't help but increase what you want. So people put things on their vision board because they believe that when they get those things, that they'll be happy. But the problem is, every time you get close to that, you see something else that is attainable. So 
And and that's the great thing, by the way, because that means you're continuously growing, you're continuously achieving. And it's not greed. It's just where can I be? And who can I be? And how can I live in the fullness of this amazing world that we live in? Because life is expect is supposed to be fun and enjoyable. It's us that make it not so, because the way we perceive things and interpret things, but if we can get to the point where you start to you get close to something on your vision board, then add to it, change it, improve it, grow it. Because uh, yeah, so I'm constantly changing it. Um, I would say I expect everything on my vision board to happen within the next five years. Have I set a timeline to it? Um, not necessarily, but five five year maximum for sure. Yeah, that's so. That's um, so. I guess. All those things you built has made you ready for this time. You're, you know, you're good to go. How are you from a right? Like, sorry, go ahead. I, I, yeah, I, I sort of feel like that all the education and all of the training I've taken and all of the studying I've been doing, this is its purpose to support other people to get through this and realize that this doesn't have to be as scary as you're making it out to be. In fact, you can see it as an opportunity to create a massive wealth and massive security and massive enjoyment and and opportunities not just within wealth but within every aspect of your life you, you, this is your opportunity to say hey let's shake everything up what's not working let's eliminate that and move forward with what will make us happy and joyful and amazing so you mentioned two things one is you're doing the online um, training right and then yeah. um, you also do some individual you have individual investors coaching. that you, that you yeah. coach oh well. sorry i have individual investors i coach uh, singularly and i am also running a course online okay and how do people how will people get a hold of you to do um any of um, those three my website is millionairemom.ca or .co both work um, you can get in touch with me there. Um, email is susan at millionairemom.co, not com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at millionaire underscore mom underscore enterprises. You can find me on Facebook at millionaire mom under Susan White Livermore. Um, any of those will, will get you to me. And uh, yeah, the more people I can help, the more people I can build into multi-millionaires. And have an abundance mindset. Uh, the closer I am to my ultimate goal. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, um, that's I will make sure to post that up. I'm going to have some. Um, I'll post all that up on to the Facebook group as well for the um, and wherever I do end up sending this out, we'll make sure we have all that. That's great. Um, but yeah, I know. Thanks for thanks for sharing um, your journey and your mindset. I think it's so powerful in this time to have you know those people like yourself to be able to just, you know, help or coach any way to get people to move forward through now and into the future. Cause this is not the last bit of adversity that people are going to deal with. Right. It's, no. it's a pretty no. major one out there, but like we're always going to run into something. So, um, well, it makes us better. yeah, for sure. And you've invested your time, your mind, and you're ready for this. And think, mm -hmm. as you said, like you, now you're built to help, people more so than ever too, which is like, so what a privilege, right? Yeah. What a privilege. What I, you know, what I, that's the piece right now. Like the real estate investing is sort of my secondary thing and just being able to 
guide people through this is uh, I just full gratitude. Gratitude. Awesome. awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll definitely keep in touch and, uh, yeah, we will have you on again, uh, you know, later on once we get through this and see how things, uh, ended up. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Thank you for taking time to listen to the cash Volcanox podcast. You'll be able to find out more about our guests and how to connect with them in the show notes for this episode. Would you like to learn the secret way savvy investors and smart entrepreneurs are turning their expenses into positive cash flow? Then you want to read the Infinite Banking Concept book. For a limited time, I am giving away free copies of this book valued at $30. If you want a copy, just email me, Peter, with the subject line book to peter at cashflowcanucks.ca. Again, if you want a free copy of the Infinite Banking Concept book, just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca with the subject line book and your mailing address and I'll send you a copy. You'll finally understand how the wealthy elite is turning everyday expenses into cash flow. Just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca.